Yo, 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 what's the science? This is my, uh, at work podcast. I've done these in the past. I don't know how many I posted. But when I first started trying a podcast in Seattle, you know, doing the type of work I did, I figured I had so much free time. Not free time because I'm working, but... You know, I could podcast at work. I could talk to myself. I'm by myself. No customers to deal with, no other coworkers. So this would be a, you know, opportune moment to just, you know, lay something down. So, one more, one more, blah 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 blah. One more podcasting about today. Um. It's been a while since I've really talked about comics and making comics. If you are a, a creator, aspiring or otherwise, and laying out a page, and you're going above. four or five panels, you should uh, consider making it into two pages. And this is coming from someone like who, who considers himself a, a master of movement and choreography within that art form, you know, the sequential art, art form, like, so... With me saying that, like, I would put 10 panels on the page. I've done it before. But in studying the masters new and old, I found that there's, like, a greater sophistication. There's a greater sense of, like, uh, knowledge and portrayal. And efficiency in like a lower number of panels. And like someone like James Heron, like he would draw a piece of movement and he would never use more than one panel specifically to portray a single piece of movement. But You know, even in one shot, in one frame, he would capture the full range of a single piece of movement. And then it it, it speaks to the idea of, like, you know, drawing something with movement and weight and speed and having that being conveyed within a panel, but also going from movement to movement, you know, leaving things out and just leaving that up to the audience, the reader, filling the blanks. So they'll be using their imagination, so to speak, especially like uh, veteran comic book readers. So I think of that, you know, and this is not 
I don't know, like last time I'm posting something like this. So what I'm saying is like use as 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 little panels as you can. You know, keep it as as simple as you can. And last time I you know, did something like this, I was being commissioned by someone and it's funny, I guess they must have heard the podcast and was like, Oh, I didn't know he felt that way and like you know, kind of changed it up, you know, to to suit my needs. And that's not what I wanted to happen. So if I'm working for you right now and you hear this podcast, if you want 10 panels on the page, I'll still put 10 panels on the page. This is just like uh, me gaining knowledge and information and sharing that information with others. So maybe in the future, if you work with another artist or you write another book, you know, consider that. Like, really look at it. And why is that? The more panels I put on the page, the smaller I got to make the panels. And the smaller a panel is, the less weight and significance the image inside that panel holds, you know. So if I put less panels on the page, each panel will hold more significance and more weight versus if I fill your page up with a lot of little panels, then that entire page might seem like a waste of time, you know. And someone who has studied sequential art for a long time gets educated on, like, when a little significant panel might work. If I just want to portray something small, that might be semi-insignificant, but at the same time, be important to the plot in a type of way, you know. So a reader might go back and like, oh, I didn't notice that. And that makes sense, you know, to display like a button push or someone sticking their foot in the any Anything, anything, you know. Not to say that, you know, to it's not taboo. It's not a rule. It's just my observation on, like, what others have done, what has worked for others, what has worked for me. And when it just comes to, like, visual storytelling, you know, just visual storytelling. And talking about panels and working for others, and this is not to say anything to anybody that I have worked for or might have been ready to work for or am currently working for as an artist. Like I said, this is just information I'm giving out. If you are a writer and not an artist and you hire somebody to do your book, do not write scripts in the format of panel-to-panel descriptors. Do not do that. Give your... If you have found the artist that you feel can fit your style, fit the style of the book and that you can come to trust, give them page descriptors and let them create... Because first of all, if you've got an artist... 
I'm sure this is someone who has equal to more experience than you at art and someone who you've seen their, their work and you enjoy their work. So you want, you know, you want to, you don't want to micromanage. You want to give them the opportunity to put their mark on the page too. And they're not, it, it might not look exactly what you wanted to envision, but I'm telling you, it's, it's a whole lot better. And then it, it, it makes the artist more committed to the project. Uh, it, it helps them stay enthusiastic about the project. You know, let them make choices, even if those choices aren't something that you, you might want. And then that's when you really got to be very specific about shopping for artists. You know, sometimes it's just, you try to think of it as a convenience, like, oh, I know someone who draws, they can draw for me. And then you try to micromanage them to draw in the way that you want your thing to look. But it might not necessarily be their thing. It might not necessarily be their style. And that's going to hurt your work. Because the, the, the strain of being forced to work in that way is going to show on the page. The energy is going to be different, you know. So that's why, if you if you're in need of an artist, you really gotta be patient and just shop around and make people do sample pages. You know, even pay somebody, give someone whatever you pay for pages here. I'll pay you to do a sample page, a couple sample pages, like like you know, like a big company would. That's what a submission is, you know. I want to see some samples of what you can do, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, because I know why a lot of people write like that. Like, they want to write a comic book. They study how the professionals write. And that's how everyone writes, you know. You got this uh, page layout, panel to panel descriptors. And you're supposed to... I don't write like that because I want to give myself the freedom to craft the page to you know because if I just give a page descriptor and dialogue then when I'm drawing it's the enjoyment of crafting the page deciding where I want panels to go deciding where the dialogue will fit best within the page and what's more important than certain panels you know that comes alive for me right there on the page but if you have it mapped out in the script exactly where the panel goes, what size it needs to be, what's being said there and here and there, and what's supposed to be. It's like, at that point, then the artist is just a machine. You know, he's not an artist. You're not, you're inhibiting his, uh, the creative aspect of what he does, he or she. And then at that point, the artist can be a great hindrance to you, you know. And maybe the professional shouldn't write that way. A lot, of, a lot of them do. Most sample scripts that I've seen are written that way. 
and I hate drawing in that format. And that's why I don't write in that way. I don't know, because I think, like, of the artists, I don't know. Because, like, like Marcus Williams, if I hired Marcus Williams to do, and he did Tuskegee Airs, if I hired him to do a book for me, I'm pretty sure, like, anything he can, if I give him my script, without the all the panel descriptors, 90% of what he does is, is golden, because he has that experience, he has that know-how, you know, but at the same time, can I afford a Marcus, would, would he want to work for me? I mean, he's working on his own projects, why would he, you know, and I think that's another reason why a lot of writers should give their artists more freedom like that, it's because not a lot, of, you know, especially if we're, if we're coming up in the game, like, none of us have the money to really pay anybody. So you need other incentives to keep people interested in your projects. So giving the artist, you know, a little say-so on the page, I don't know. It's a, it's a hard sell to make because it's kind of like, it's your baby. You want it to look how you want it to look and how you envisioned it. I don't know. Me being a writer and an artist, I say everything is subject, subject to change because how I envision something, when it, when pen hits the paper and I'm writing a script or when I'm typing the script, things change just by the nature of putting it into script form. And then you know what? When I turn the script into sequential art, things change again, and changes need to happen to make it fit. Is you know, and that's how it should be. Nothing's gonna stay the same. Nothing. That's just not how it works. And I think uh, a lot of creators inhibit themselves and their artists by being too married to, to their vision. And I wasted years, years being married to a vision. I'm trying to make that a reality and being my own artist. I'm trying to get, you know, my art to a level where things look exactly how I envision it. And not to say that it's impossible, but it's not very realistic, especially talking about making comic books, because you need to be able to produce a certain amount of books within a year and put out product. And if you can produce a certain level of quality within a certain amount of time, you really don't have time to search for that. It doesn't have to be perfect. And the imperfections is what makes it unique. I don't know, that's just my take on it. You know, I just find it weird. You know, like, I've only a couple times.
been commissioned for art or hired to work on someone's stuff. But a lot of times it's like, and the question why the person hired me in the first place, or looked me up to do something in the first place, because it's like, what they want isn't nowhere near what my style is. I can tell they're like, okay, so this person just sort of needed an artist. Maybe I was a a, a cheap option. Maybe. And they figure, hey, I can uh, get this guy to do things this way or that way. I don't know, writers, you got to understand artists. Like... Excuse the noise, people. And I feel like a lot of people don't comprehend this about artists. Like, even if we're talking about like drawing comic books, it's such a, a diverse art form. Like, and every artist is drawn in so many different types of ways. Like, you might get an artist who just spent the last 10 years perfecting a certain style. And then you're going to come up to him and tell him to draw in a different way. And with so many artists out there, what's the point of that? That's like wasting everybody's time. And then why would you employ an artist and then just not let him do his thing? I don't know. And you want things to look a certain way? It's kind of like, I think it's communication. Because I can't talk because I have someone else coloring my work. I guess I'm speaking from the artist standpoint, but I think, and what I mean by artist, I mean the line artist. But what about the color artist? Because I had someone coloring my work, and I didn't like a lot of the colors they chose, and I was making them change it. And I think this is about closeness and communication. And I don't think it had anything to do with their style. I think it was. A, I wasn't communicating. And also, I was making a mistake that a lot of writers make with line artists was I wasn't caring, caring about the fact that this person w was not an actual comic book color artist. I just had somebody I knew that was close to me that would color my book if I asked them. And they had the artistic ability to color, but they had never colored a comic book. And I figured, like, oh, like I'm saying, I could mold and shit. I just made the same mistake. And I don't know. That's why like, when it comes to collabing, I'm toying with the idea of, like, Back in the day, they used to have the house, you know, the, the offices where all the artists worked together in one physical space. It wasn't like, ooh, miles apart, and I was sending you stuff, and we were talking on the internet. I think being in the same studio makes a world of difference. Maybe that's why comic books aren't what they were back then. Because you can just 
especially a lot of like mainstream comics. You can pick them up and you can feel the disconnect. This comic book was factory made. Once again, excuse the noise. So, I don't know. If you're a creator, you're a writer, you're a line artist, you're a colorist, you're working with other folks, communicate even the hard things, you know, what you want, what you don't want, what you see, what you, you know, and even if you have to step on somebody's vision, you know, do that, and you might get out of that job, but maybe getting out of that job is the best thing for you. Because I've been commissioned for people when I, you know, and they come around and say, hey, I think I should draw this myself or I should get a different artist. And I've been so relieved to hear that. Like, you know what? I was feeling the same way, but I didn't want to say nothing. And you should be able to say something. You know, communicate like, hey, this doesn't feel right to me. I'm not enthusiastic about this. It doesn't fit. You know? And that's going to affect my work. And, for, and, you know, forget making, ruining someone else's book like that. Why would you want work like that attached to your name that might be published and put out there? You know, I know a lot of us need the money. Especially if it means something. When you get, no matter how insignificant, when you get some payments, you know, some money coming in and doing what you love, it, it means a lot. But, uh, you know, we got to keep it real. <laughs>